0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal I impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord. Gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone.
1: Press good morning,
0: Evan. Good morning, Peyton.
1: So good to have you today.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here on your excellent podcast, Text Talk.
1: Well, thank you. I've been doing this a long time. I'll <laughs> say that again. And it's just been such a pleasure to have guests on when I can.
0: Well, I'm so glad to be your guest today. What are we going to be talking about?
1: (laughs) We're talking about James 3. Um, We're back in that verse, and we're talking about blessing and cursing.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read from James chapter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 9. I am reading from the English Standard Version. With it, talking about the tongue, of course, with it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water.
1: With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse people made in the likeness of God. Mm -hmm. Doesn't this sound backwards? Well, something (laughs) sounds not right about it. Yeah, this is like, hold on, is he saying this is what's happening?
0: I think he's saying that that's what people do. I think he's saying that very often we find folks who, the teacher, maybe not the teacher, but just among Christians, who we know when it's time to worship, we're going to honor God, Mm -hmm. but when we're not worshiping, we're talking about people, and what we say about people is not always so good. (laughs) Not right. Yes. It's not right.
1: So James opens up this big discussion saying, hey... With this ton, we bless our God and Father, but there's times where people are using the same tongue to curse God, and he asks a hypothetical question. To cur- not to curse God. To curse man. Yeah, go, there you go. Yes, thank you for correcting me.
0: I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew, you knew what it was actually saying.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Um, he uses this illustration. Can a, fig prong, uh, can a fig tree produce both figs and thorns? Can a grapevine produce figs? Well, no. can't produce both. What James is driving at here, as he's been driving at, I believe, for most of his letter, is this purity of religion. Mm, He talks about this good wisdom we just talked about on Monday, and we've been talking about um, this good and undefiled religion versus this unspiritual, demonic religion. Back in chapter 1, he talked about this man who would otherwise doubt. He needs to have faith in God. There needs to be not that double-mindedness, but that pure and undivided faith And here he's talking about our speech, our speech that would otherwise be used to bless God, but is also being used to hurt other people to speak down on other people, to belittle other people. James says these things ought not to be so.
0: I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I continue to try to point out about James is it's not the sporadic shotgun teaching where just every paragraph is about something else. There are actually some deep themes Mm -hmm. that weave their way through this letter. Mm -hmm. We, We need to see these connections and understand what is said later in the context of what was said earlier Back in chapter 1, he had said a couple of things about speech. First of all, especially in our relationship with God, we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, Mm -hmm. which he then follows up in chapter 1 and verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now, here in chapter 3, we're being told about teachers, And the stumbling that we can do with our tongues, it does of course apply to everyone about bridling the tongue, but I can have seemingly pure religion. Just using kind of the colloquial. I can go to church and sing all the right songs, and I can read the passages, and I can answer all the questions with the right Bible class answers, but if I leave that and I go and have a life that is cursing people, that is belittling people, that is speaking evil of people and slandering people and judging, again, not in the sense of judging that someone is doing something sinful based on Scripture, but judging in the sense of, partiality, looking down on others because of their their wealth or lack thereof or because mm-hmm. of their skin color or because of their gender or because of, you know, where they went to school or where they live or what language they speak if I'm judging them, then it makes what I did when I said the accurate words of blessing for God, it actually makes that of no account. It mm-hmm. it nullifies that. That's what I'm seeing here. Is that what you're, what you're pulling out?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Um, we can be using all the right words on Sunday morning when it's worship time and we're all together to worship God. I can say all the right things. I can even make myself appear to be someone who's worshiping God. But James says I'm denying that if I'm going to go home to my family or going to go um, to the workplace and use completely different speech that breaks down other people. You know, it's 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 really easy. <laughs> I can get some idea about some person on Sunday morning, how they act when they're around a bunch of other people who are um, trying to act and serve God. I can get a totally different picture when they're around people that annoy them, people they're most comfortable with, people that they don't care if they maybe offend or hurt. Mm. You can produce two different pictures of people. And what James is saying is, is that there's it's not that this person is just dynamic and okay he's, he's he's still a good spiritual person he just struggles no you need to choose one or the other mm, if i think yeah. it's okay for me to speak one way when i'm around god's people and when i'm worshiping god and then speak a different way when i'm around people other people and speak down on other people and uh defame and even belittle other people and do do all these things with my speech that's not how it works I can't be using that sort of double mindset there.
0: When he talks about can fresh water come from a salt pond, Mm -hmm. what I think, what I picture in my mind is that that you have a salt water spring that is producing a salty pond. You might have a fresh water spring that bleeds over to it. The fresh water is injected into the salted pond. But what happens to the fresh water when it gets there?
1: It becomes salty.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Thus, when when I normally have salty language, yeah, what (laughs) what an interesting metaphor we sometimes use for this foul language. Mm -hmm. When I normally, when I have salty language, when I have salty speech, what James is highlighting is that actually impacts what would otherwise have been pure speech. Mm -hmm. It, It takes that pure speech of worship and praise and blessing of God. And it it actually salinizes it. it. It makes it salty. Even though I think, oh, this, I, I'm, I'm okay because at least on Sunday I go to church. I'm okay because at least I say my prayers. I'm okay because at least I sing these right songs. And I'm okay because at least when I teach, I teach right doctrine. James highlights that if I'm spending my time in ungodly speech, cursing others, that actually makes the blessing I do of God pointless, useless, worthless.
1: Absolutely. In Matthew chapter 12, James, uh, sorry, Jesus talks about Jesus, brother of James, right? Um, talks about the fruits that people would produce. Um, in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 and 34, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It seems here that these religious leaders that Jesus is having a conversation with are creating the idea that they are good speakers, they are good teachers, when Jesus knows their hearts. Jesus knows their hearts are not pure. Jesus knows their hearts are defiled. And so someone who would otherwise try to make themselves appear righteous, appear one way are in fact the opposite because of what is in their heart.
0: Mm. Yes. That gets back to something I was trying to say with Andrew yesterday that we were talking about, how often we make excuses. What James is doing is removing all of the cop-outs and excuses for our speech. Mm-hmm. All of these cop-outs and excuses that we might make when we say things that are disparaging and slanderous and mean and hateful and malicious, we get into a fight with a friend or especially with a spouse and something comes out and immediately we say, I, 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 I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, where did that come from? If you didn't think that, it wouldn't come out of your, out of your mouth. I, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions to that, And sometimes there are thoughts that flit into our mind that we do immediately say we judge, we consider them wrong, we dismiss them, but they have come into our minds and in a heated moment they can come out. So I want to be careful not to make too blanket of a statement or overstate the case. But in general, what we recognize, and James is highlighting this and especially tied to the passage you brought up from Jesus there, that my mouth is a barometer of my heart Mm -hmm. my mouth is an indicator of what's in my heart Mm. what i want to do is make an excuse and say no it's not it'll be okay god knows my heart god knows my heart Uh well the thing is actually now i know what god knows about my heart because look at what came out of my mouth
1: oh so you're saying we can look at our speech what are the things we're saying to other people what are the things we're saying to god and we can know what god thinks of us in that way
0: well, we, you know, if the things that are coming out of my mouth, if we know they're things we need to be making excuses for, mm. we can learn from that, oh, something's something's not right in my heart. Okay. Something yes, needs yeah. to be worked on in my heart. Mm-hmm. God is now—I I, I see in my heart what God sees in my heart now. That oh. I can—it's— it's easy to deceive myself about what's in my heart. It's a lot harder to deceive myself about what I actually said. Oh, well, no, I know I said that. that. Those are the words that came out of my mouth. I did it. I, it's, I can't deny that. Uh-huh. And we need to realize actually the great blessing that this connection between heart and mouth is because while it gets us in trouble, when it gets us in trouble, it actually tells us something about ourselves. What we need to do is use that as the barometer and then start working on our heart rather than making excuses. Does
1: yeah. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. We need to actually examine our speech, look at what we're saying, and not make excuses for it, but really think about, what's that portraying about who I am? What's that portraying about my heart?
0: Here in this context of talking about teachers, I do remember I was thinking about Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount when mm-hmm. Jesus talked about being aware of false prophets, and he said, how, how are you going to know who a false prophet is? By their fruit, their fruit will show. And he even there uses this same concept. Can a can grapes come from thorns and can figs come from thistles? He uses the same similar metaphor that James uses here. I know James is calling that to mind. He says, if you're look, if you're a fig plant and that's the bad example, by the way, the fig plant is the bad tree. I'm just (laughs) I'm just letting you know if you if you're a fig plant, you're not going to produce grapes. And if what you're doing is producing figs, don't try to claim you're a grapevine because you're just not. Again, I want to make sure that we understand, you had mentioned this earlier, there's a distinction between rebellion and stumbling and struggling, mm-hmm. but even in our stumbling and struggling, we're not supposed to make excuses for stumbling and struggling. No, we're, we're supposed to recognize that the stumbles, the struggles, the falls say something about our heart where we need to be working, where we need to be handing it over to the Lord, letting Him take greater and greater control so that we can overcome that. Yeah. I, I, I'm... On the one hand, in our modern day, I am pleased and excited that folks are recognizing a need to be vulnerable. I know that the catchwords are real and authentic where we are honest with each other about where we struggle. I think that's powerful. I fear that sometimes we're so excited about people being vulnerable and real and authentic that we think that all it all it takes to be spiritual and to please God is to be vulnerable and real and authentic. Any of that vulnerability, any of that authenticity needs to be a tool for spiritual growth. Uh, the, the, the declaration that I'm a big mess, you know, I'm, I'm a big mess. Hey, if you are, we need to be honest about that. But let's not revel in the mess. Mm-hmm. Let's not act like all that I needed to do was admit how messy my life is. I admit how messy my life is. Because I want to hand this life over to Jesus for him to clean it up. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm wanting to get better at that. And this this business about our speech and our tongue is very helpful. Yes. Back in chapter one and verse twenty-seven, it said that pure and undefiled religion was visiting orphans and widows in their affliction and keeping oneself unstained from the world. And now it tells us that the tongue is a world of unrighteousness that stains the whole body. Mm -hmm. I need to be working on that. I need to be submitting my speech to the Lord, my heart that produces my speech, and letting him overcome, by his grace, overcoming that sin and that mess. I need to be honest about it. Let's not hide it. But let's use that vulnerability to grow. Yes. How about you take us out with a prayer?
1: Of course. Lord our God, we thank you for this message today. Lord, we know that we can be deceived into the thinking that our mouth, in fact, is entirely different from our hearts and what we believe and who we are. But, in fact, your Son, God Himself, has said that our tongues, what we say, reveals our heart. It is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so, Lord, we ask that we take this seriously. James reminds us that this tongue that we have, the ability to produce words, and to, the things we say is a world of unrighteousness. It can be used to bless you, but it can be used to curse other people. Lord, help us to preserve the purity of religion and that what we say, what we speak, what we use our mouths for is pure, is holy, is right. Just as you would speak, that we understand that every word we say is to be used to glorify you. Lord, we're reminded in Ephesians chapter 4 that our mouth is not to be used for vain things, to um, belittle others, to speak down on others, but is to be used to produce grace. Lord, help our mouths to be dispensers of grace, good things, to speak wholly of you and of other people. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this podcast. We pray this in your Son's name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today.